Hello and welcome to the Usler Podcast. Of course, my name is Ali Kameha. And thank you for tuning in today, Monday, April 26th, episode 15. I just was looking at the episode numbers because I was like, how many episodes have I made and I counted them because I thought I was only on episode 14 but I counted I think 17 (laughs) so I think at one point I just confused you know so and I looked at the last two episodes they're both called episode 14 so from now on they're actually gonna be labeled better What I first tried to do when I first started is put, like, season number and the episode in the title. But people weren't clicking. You guys preferred knowing what was actually, like, the headlines. What a great weekend. Um, Again, I'll be honest, uh, fasting, man, no food, no water. Uh, pretty much from 3.45 a.m. Till about 8.20. Today it's 8.15. 8 p.m. No water. No nothing. It's hard to find the energy, you know. To continue to do this. But no excuses, right? That's why I got to start with an apology for UFC recap. And I want to give out some gambling advice. I don't know about you guys. But I really wanted... The odds for Masvidal were great. He Like, the odds were really, really good for... Uh, Jorge Masvidal except everything that I thought was going to happen to Usman happened to Jorge he walked in there and he had Usman in his head the whole time he was thinking about wrestling he was worried about wrestling he said it himself after the fight I don't know if he did it on purpose or not He's like, I was, you know, looking for more wrestling. Because the knockout, the setup was, it's an amateur, like, boxing 101 setup. That's why I don't think Masvidal really saw it. Because if you look at it, it looks like when um, he lands the jab on Masvidal, like it barely lands Masvidal, and he gets so close, Masvidal turns to think like he's going to get taken down, but it's like sort of like a Superman punch at the same time, right hand. It's such a such a weird setup. Such like a like simple one, two setup. And it was because he was expecting more wrestling. He thought he was going to have to 
wrestle more, I think, before he was going to be able to just stand up with Usman. Before Usman was going to be like, oh, okay, I can't take him down. I guess I'm going to have to stand for a bit. From now on, I'm going to be honest. With fighters that I want to just lose because I just don't like them. I'm just going to bet on them. When they're fighting someone I like. That way, if they lose, I don't care if I lose money on somebody I hate. I don't care. I'd rather lose the money. And then if I win, I can always just be like, yeah, whatever. You won me more money. I'm going to start doing that. There's fighters. I don't care what you say. Like Rose, I wanted Rose to win so bad. So what I like in this scenario, I should have put I would have put money on the girl, which I the um Wei Li, who got knocked out. And if Rose won, I don't care. I I got the person. I was so happy for Rose to win, but I gotta be honest and truthful. That fight didn't mean anything and didn't do anything at all. I can't wait to see the rematch um, because it's going to be an epic fight. And we didn't really get to see that. And that's credit to Rose, man. If you can, the whole objective of the game is get it, get in and out without getting hit. So the way she was able to finish her, and I think if you heard the podcast before where I broke down the card on Thursday... What did I say? One of the biggest things that Zayn Lee was looking at was her ground game. They even, she said it. And went and got a three-time black belt. And all they did was focus on her ground game. Because they're like, she's already amazing on stand-up. And we see that happen with fighters. When they, when they stop focusing on one thing completely because they think they got it. Conor McGregor, when he started focusing on wrestling and stuff, and just because he got the takedown, he started focusing on jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu and everything. Her the same. I don't think that's going to happen this time around. I don't think she's going to be solely focused on just wrestling. I think now she's ready to probably have a more balanced training camp. And I'm more excited for the rematch. And I'm going to do the exact same in the rematch. I'm telling you right now. In the rematch, I'm going to put money on Zhang Li. But I'm going to hope Rose wins. Because I'm going to be cheering for Rose. Usman Masvidal. No more. He's done. Jorge's shut up. Wait in line. Because now he's lapping people. So Jorge is now going to be looking for more money fights, name fights. When that happens, so if you're a fan of Masvidal, I'm telling you guys right now, if you're a fan of Masvidal, get ready to get a lot more of them. Because he's not going to be walking around telling people, he can't now be advertising himself as, the baddest man. 
It's not his fighting skills that are going to get you now to buy. Now he's going to have to rely on his social media skills and and talking shit. And he's going to try to cause a fight or work up with somebody. Maybe Darren Till. Somebody. I think it might be whoever it is. Whoever loses between Leon Edwards. If Leon Edwards loses, him and Jorge Masvidal could talk shit. So, that's unfortunate, man. But the guy that I felt the worst for, I really do. And I'm saying this like, if this, the crazy thing about life, man, is karma. Karma, man. You heard Chris Weidman was getting ready for a comeback. He worked his ass off. Like, he had in his mind, I believe he was planning, coming in there, beating the shit out of Uriah Hall, which I had no doubt that he was going to. He was going to. And I think he was planning on making one more run at that belt. And the exact same time in his career Anderson Silva was at in that rematch is when he broke his leg. And what happened to Silva, man? Silva went through a depression. He never was the same again. I feel bad for Weidman. Because Weidman, he can either... He's probably either going to just retire or he's just going to... I don't think it's going to end well for Weidman from now on, unfortunately. And it sucks because I was really looking forward to him fighting again, man. Because that guy is a fighter. And it sucks. It sucks. Because it, like, he, it was the first second. It was maybe like... the what the first exchange ah oh, man I just keep seeing that oh in my head oh, I hate I can't look at that I'm not one of those guys that looks for those crazy broken I can't watch that kind of stuff I don't go out of my way to watch that if something is too gruesome I just don't watch it why why am I gonna do that to myself I don't even like horror movies Because they're never good stories. They're all stupid stories. But the people that like them. Like like. You know the spooky. The jump. uh, You know. It's not really about the storytelling. That's why I prefer thrillers. It's like music. I'm honestly a lyrics kind of guy. I really do like lyrics. And listen to the lyrics. A lot of people, though, they are just beats. They don't even care what the music sound, what they're saying. They can. It's just all about the beats. I respect that. Uriah Hall, man, I don't know. He can take this however he wants. But again, like I said, like Hey Wiley, like when fights end like that. You really don't learn anything. Nothing happened. They're just... 
you know, it happens in fighting. How crazy and weird did it feel to watch those in a full crowd? It was the cheering. Man, I forgot what it sounds like. But was it me or did it sound more like more um, groups were together? Like the cheering was more united. It was on, you know, it was like all on one team together. It wasn't like a, it didn't sound like a bunch of random people. Because of the stuff that they were, you know, chanting. Valentina, what did I tell you guys? I told you guys, just take the, you need it on anything, add that, that's a given. There's nobody in that division except Amanda Nunes that has a shot against her. That sucks. But what are you going to do? That was the UFC. Man, it was awesome. The card was amazing. I know there was a cut. Like, you know, what do you expect? It ended quick. A boxing. Uh, there was a boxing the, there was a guy on, uh, I've seen him fight. Like, it wasn't even, even boxing wasn't that great. Uh, there was a huge announcement, though, from boxing. Ryan Garcia will not be fighting uh, in June or July. He decided to step aside. Uh, a lot of people that are around him are talking about mental health. Typically, when this happens, um, usually something's going on. There's either uh, something not going right in their private life, and they know if they continue on uh, closer to the fight, the more media attention, a bigger microscope's going to be on them. And if it's something that they don't want out there, It'll definitely go out there. So, um, I think uh, whatever it is, it's none of our business. But, you know, it sucks. Uh, you know, when you're looking forward to a fight, Ryan Garcia puts on fights. He, he's a fighter. The whole camp is, uh, you have him, uh, Canelo, and of course, uh, Andy Luiz. Uh, Andy Ruiz, who's fighting on May 1st. And it sucks that his first fight is against a guy that's, like, supposed to not even be fighting anymore. Like, Andy Ruiz is going to knock this guy out in the first round. It sucks. Like, they should have already had this fight. This fight, I, this fight was supposed to happen this weekend. And it should have happened. This isn't a highly anticipated boxing bout. This is just like a, oh, hello, Andy Ruiz is back. Like, it's a quick knockout. It's going to be a quick knockout. Andy Ruiz is going to knock this guy out. And this guy should not be boxing again. That's it. That's the fight recap from the weekend. Um... Coming up, what I'm going to talk about next is a little bit of NBA recap. 
NBA drama. Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic. Apparently, they those two do not get along. Uh, they are not friends. And Mark Cuban, it became a big deal that Mark Cuban went on the radio and talked about it. And a lot of people are going to tell you, oh, why does it matter? Who cares? Who cares? You don't have to be best friends. No, you don't have to be best friends. But you also don't need to be in... In such a sour relationship where the owner himself has to come out and talk about it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's two different portions where yeah, yeah, we weren't best friends. Of course you weren't best friends. But to a point where the owner has to come out and say, oh no, 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 it's not that bad. Whenever they say it's not that bad, guess what? It is that bad. When you don't say anything, that's when it's nothing. That's when it's just the media over-exaggerating because they're not together or eating every single meal together. But when you say something, that means there's something. And when there's something... And I'm going to tell you, when I told this... To a couple of people that I know. You know what their first reaction was? What I first told you. Oh no no no. And then when I told. And then when they're like. They can't believe. The audacity of Christos Porzingis. Christos Porzingis. Is a brat. He is a brat. Because. New York didn't want him. Now in Dallas, like there's he doesn't have relationship with teammates where like they come out and fight for this guy and they love him. They don't. Look at his history. You don't have players coming out for Christos Porzingis. And he's a veteran in the league now. Who was supposed to be a superstar. Quote, like air quotation marks. He's been lingered with injuries. Okay. But his attitude and his energy. The Knicks. Like, look, look how smart the Knicks look now. When you get rid of somebody that doesn't want to be there. But you do it for your benefit. Not for what the player wants. Like James Harden in Philly. James Harden going to Brooklyn. That's still bullshit. That's bullshit. You know how people have the um, Kobe Bryant, like Paul Gasol trade? Or that Chris Paul veto. To me, James Harden being a lot... Like, the James Harden to Brooklyn trade is the biggest bullshit ever. Instead of James Harden to Philly. Like, that is bullshit. Beyond bullshit. To let that happen. Whatever.
Knicks are winning. They're great. But you're hearing a lot of people say they're not a big threat, though. Really? Why? In the playoffs, in the East, if you can play defense, they say, oh, well, everybody's going to play. When they zero in, it becomes harder to score. Yeah, it does become harder to score. But they're playing in tight playoff situation atmosphere in games every single night because they struggle to score and the other teams don't want to play uh, defense so they end up equaling each other out right and playing these tight nitty games they have three overtime wins in this in this during this nine game win streak they don't have blowout wins the Knicks so, I I just won't take it. I like any team that can play defense can make some noise. If you can play defense, it'll always come through. The Warriors, they've been fun to watch because Steph's been available, and like I get their bench isn't that good. But they do have... I don't know if the players they have are more... They become bigger players because they play around Steph. Like they, I mean like names. Like Caruso. Like if Caruso played in a, for the Atlanta Hawks, would anybody really know who Alex Caruso is? Or do we know who Alex Caruso is because he plays uh, for LA with LeBron James? You know what I mean? It's like Delhi. I I didn't know that Delhi was still in the NBA. <laughs> I thought he retired. That's because he's no longer on these playoff teams that are making it to the finals and being on primetime TV. Um, this is where I'm getting... This is where I want to get to all this. There's a couple of teams... That you that I've been looking at, and you're just wondering, what are they gonna do? Like, what's their future for these teams? Because it seems like they're just gonna keep being in the middle of where they are. And there's players that continue to get passes. If you're the Trailblazers. What are you going to do? People keep saying trade McCall, CJ. You guys trade CJ McCollum. Like there's always every year floats. Because people don't know what you should do with that team. Because on paper, especially this year, this talent is like, wow. Should be competing easily night in and night out with the Nuggets and the Clippers. And the Phoenix Suns. But they're not. They're barely holding off for a playoff spot. New Orleans Pelicans. They. They can just like. If they just re-sign everybody. 
every single year, like they'll just continue being the next Portland Blazers. They have the talent. Zion is amazing. Lonzo, people are talking about him going to Chicago. Could he have been traded? You have Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram was an all-star last year. All-NBA. No? All-star? Sacramento. Talent. Talent. In Dallas. Dallas, I'm putting on the side, like... I really would have, in this category, New Orleans first shitty level. Sacramento is like the second shittiest. Trailblazers is the third shittiest. But they're on this list because of how... Because this is all they're going to be. And I'll get to this. Dallas is inching away from this group. They really are. And why is it that these teams, if you watch these guys play, and you will, they're fun to watch. Because they have talented players that can make amazing plays. And no matter who they're playing, they can make it a close game. But for some reason, you'll always see it'll never come together for them. Like the New Orleans Pelicans are either not great at closing you out or they can't finish a comeback. That's the same thing with all three teams. All these teams. Why is that? What are they missing? I'm telling you, it's discipline and focus. Which is measured by a team's defensive stats. Watch them. If you watch a team play these whole games, you can tell compared to the Lakers, compared to Utah, certain teams, they don't have discipline and focus, these guys. When the Celtics were playing great basketball, they were locked in, it was their defense. Tatum wasn't scoring when they were winning. It's always the defense. But pe- like people right now have a problem with Brooklyn. And their problem with Brooklyn is throughout his, we know some one thing. It's really hard for a team to win the NBA Finals without having a top 10 defense. Brooklyn's defense is ranked 24. But Brooklyn says, their thing about Brooklyn is, we've never seen them all play together yet. We have yet to see James Harden, like their full team play together. The Blazers before, you say, oh, but they rely too much on Dame. That's why. No. 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 Trey Young 
got crucified. Crucified. Year after year. I love Dame. But. Come on man. He's, his team is the equivalent. Of a Trey Young. His team. His whole team. Yo, somebody has to be held liable. So what is it? Is it that you don't have a coach that knows how to coach defense? Or the players don't care? What is it? New Orleans, they're 27th. So as bad as you think New Orleans is on defense, the Trailblazers are worse. Sacramento is the worst defensive team in the league. These guys are not like 18 and 19 year old rookies anymore. These guys are on their second contract. And their players are the bottom of the league. In defense. So what's going to change? What If you're a general manager and you're an owner, what are you going to do this summer that's going to be different? I honestly, if I was Sacramento, I, would, I don't care if people think that I lost a trade or whatever, Luke Walton. You need this team to play defense. When a team starts to play defense, they get better. They care. It's more defense lets you know where the team stands. Dallas is number 18. Dallas got better this year. And they've been making it a point to be better. If you're a fan of one of these, I'm like one thing I love about us, the Raptors, is the Pacers too. The Raptors, Pacers—they've always been defensive-minded teams. The Chicago Bears in football, Chelsea with Mourinho. At least one thing: when you're a defensive team, you have an identity. But when you're the trailblazers and all these, and you don't have an identity, and you just have these talented players. Like if Dame, if you're telling me if Nick Nurse or the Raptors had Dame Lillard with the defense they play, they wouldn't be a lot better. They would. So why don't they just play that kind of defense around Dame right now? It's not going to change. Like when Dame, I don't think, I think Dame has to also understand about winning a championship. If you don't have the right pieces like mentality around you, like it doesn't matter. 
he might need to get out of there, out of Portland, to learn how to play a different style of basketball. To learn maybe how to play more like Chris Paul than scoring. Because everybody can score. Especially on this team. So he's not needed for 40 points a night. So if he's not needed 40 points a night, why is he not held accountable for defense? Why are the Trailblazers the second worst defensive team in the league? That's why I'm telling you, my pick is the Milwaukee Bucks. This year, they look different, they play different, they feel different, they have a different type of confidence about them. Drew Holiday gives them a different option on dynamic. Because before, if Everything was going well for them. They were going to kill you. You were getting smoked. You were getting run out of the gym. They were beating people by 30 points. But if you were able to keep it close. And punch them in the mouth. With like two minutes left. Make a quick run. Like we saw last night. With Atlanta. Before, that would have gotten way more out of hand than what happened last. Last night, they were still able to keep it really close to Bucks, And they just had a couple of shots not go their way. And a couple of dumb calls too. But before, like last year, that would have spiraled to a way worse situation. They have more confidence because if the if before you were playing everything through Giannis, if it got close and Giannis, all right, the guy who you're funneling through everything that can't shoot free throws. So he's going to avoid trying to shoot free throws. And if you start double teaming him and everything and keeping him out of the paint and giving him a downhill start, you know what I mean? Drew Holiday gives them a different advantage in a different layer he got layups because they were teams were looking waiting for him to go to Yas and he would like just fake the handoff and just boom he had layups and he missed two free throws like I'm telling you this team is different the defense they're eighth in defense if the only, like Philly, I love Philly, but the offense in Philly is way more harder to come by than the offense from uh, Milwaukee. And the def- even though the defense from Philly is a little bit better, I just, the offense in Philly can become really hard. And in the playoffs, it's not going to get any easier. Milwaukee still has more creative players around it. Give me Milwaukee to come out of the East. I'm telling you that. Give me Milwaukee. That's why the Lakers 
like the Clippers have a really good chance now. If Paul George can stay, like if they can play like this and just throw in Kawhi, they'd be awesome. But we all know when Kawhi comes back, that could literally change momentum, ball, uh PG and PG sensitive man. That's the thing about this guy. He's, he's not a robot. It's not like oh PG is gonna continue playing like this in the pl- and you just gotta plug in Kawhi. Like he might just get sensitive or have an, or have a coffee and not be able to play. That is some sensitive shit. He couldn't play because he had a coffee. Get out of here. Let me know what you guys think. And your thoughts about the Blazers, the Pelicans, and the Kings. Pelicans, you're still young. Brandon Ingram, though. What are you going to do? Trailblazers? Like, the Nuggets could still probably beat them right now. Without Jamal Murray. Because they just rely on offense. When you rely on offense, you're just hoping that night you're better off offensively than the other team. Like, you have you no advantage to yourself. You add no advantage to yourself. And if you're having a bad game, you have no way to claw yourself back out. Defense, defense is very underrated. We love looking at the three-point shots and watching them. But now, we're getting time where we're looking at the defense. We don't care about your pretty three-point shot. Can you shut a motherfucker down in the paint? That's what we're looking for. Ten games away from the playoff. Let me know who you guys think can help the Blazers. Is it a coaching change or is it a player's change? You know the email. It's Ali, A-L-I, 1111, Kameha, K-M-A-I-H-A at gmail.com. Look forward to hearing from you guys tomorrow. Conspiracy Tuesday. I have, you're going to love tomorrow. No sports at all tomorrow. It's just pure Conspiracy Tuesday. It's going to be fun, man. It's going to be great. Tune in. You're going to like it. Thank you. Have a great day. And have a great night, guys. Talk to you guys tomorrow. Ramadan Kareem, Habibi.